We're going to continue on our teaching respect. Everybody say respect. We'll get into that in just a moment. Uh, one of the things we've been doing for about two years is at the end of every service we make available on Sundays, uh, we make available to you a study guide. And what we're doing right now is we're going to be doing that a little bit different uh, that we believe will help you even more. Um, I produce my notes and then they get emailed to several staff people for various different uh, purposes. And uh, so to this point, what we've done, and it's been a great help and a lot of work has gone into it. I want to thank Pastor Jeff, especially in that, and then Pastor Heron in translating that for, for Spanish. Uh, but it's essentially just made out of my notes pre-service. And what happens with the living word of God and then with the anointing of God, sometimes some of the things that are in the notes, oh, I could fill trucks full of things that, that make it to the notes but don't make it here. And there are certain points that just kind of come alive that God really, that's the thing he wants to push. And sometimes we don't know that prior to a service. And so you may get study guide that is not totally uh, encapsulate the message. So what we're going to do, that's going to revolve, uh, involve that, that this happen after service, that some of that material is able to be gathered together. So we're doing it a little bit different. So if you go to our website, um, it will be posted online for you sometime on Monday, and we're working on perfecting all that. Then we will have card copies, printed copies, if you want those, available on Wednesday evening and the following Sunday, so you can get those. We're also going to set up a system this week where you could just one time go ahead and subscribe to receive it in the form of email, and then it will come to you as soon as we post it. And so that will be there. Also, we're going to upgrade a little bit of how we're doing the Echo, which we use throughout the week, and uh, you can subscribe to that too. And don't be afraid of subscription. I know you're used to paying for stuff. This is total free. It's just that you get signed up for it and then it will come to your, your phone if you have email capability or, or to your computer. And uh, we're going to try to do even a better job of just encapsulating what all happened uh, in the message for you. So we'll be working on that uh, this week. And for those of you that don't have computer, we will have hard copies available. But those of you that don't have computer, let me encourage you, don't be afraid. <laughs> I mean, just down to you can get better recipes and see pictures of your grandkids. And I mean, there's so many wonderful uses and don't, don't be afraid on that. Uh, you're going to enjoy things. My in-laws were not, you know, my mother-in-law, and she was here first service, she didn't even get an ATM card till three, three or four years ago because she's, I don't know, she thought it was the Antichrist or something. I, I, don't, I, don't, I don't know what it was. Don't tell her I said that part. But, um, but they were just real slow to do that, and now they've got computer on. They're just doing everything on that. And uh, our website is very alive and active and good stuff on there to help feed you and encourage you throughout the week and even more things coming on that. So uh, that would be a wonderful way to kind of get connected with that. Amen? Amen? All right, you ready to get into the Word? All right, we're, we're on a teaching entitled Respect, and let me just briefly cover some things here for you. We have seen in Scripture that all of us, every man that ever was, ever will be, we have three obligations, and those obligations are, number one, to fear God. Everybody say, fear God. Secondly, is not just to fear God, but to keep His commandments, and the third obligation is to prepare for final judgment. Now, if you will fear God, you will keep His commandments, and you will be in good stead for judgment. So... We find at the end of Ecclesiastes that these three obligations that are on us, they're the whole duty of every man. 
So this is the duty. Everybody say duty. This is something that you and I, all of us, were created for this, and this is required of us, the duty to fear God, keep his commandments, and be ready for final judgment. So what we've zeroed in on is the fear God part, fear God or the fear of the Lord. And it is, as Scripture says, it's the duty, but it's also the key. Everybody say key. It's the key to making life work for you. And so we have the fear God. Uh, Sometimes when we hear that word fear, uh, it evokes different kinds of thoughts and definitions and so forth. But fear, uh, I've kind of boiled it down and I want to bring it to you this way. It's the highest, most noble, awesome, energized form of respect. Everybody say respect. We understand that word a little bit better. It's not that you're afraid and, and, and scared. This has to do with respect for God and for the things of God. Now, the fear of the Lord, respect, that's what we're focused in on here. Uh, number one, you choose the fear of the Lord. You have to choose it. That means that you look at all the options and selections and you choose one. And you have many things to choose from in the world, the world system, the philosophies of men and you know, all kinds of different, different things. But we choose the fear of the Lord. Second of all, you have to learn the fear of the Lord. And that's what we're going to be focusing in on today. And thirdly, you have to continue. Everybody say continue. You've got to continue in the fear of the Lord. So today I want to look at learning the fear of the Lord. And you don't just learn the fear of the Lord. You have to be taught the fear of the Lord. No matter who you are. And as I said, it's the duty of every man. Let me read a couple of scriptures here for you. In Deuteronomy chapter 4 verse 10, it says, The Lord said to me, gather the people to me and I will let them hear my words. Now I'm going to tap this just as a visual here. Hear my words that they may learn, that they may learn to fear me all the days they live on the earth, which indicates continuing in the fear of the Lord, and that they may teach their children, so it continues to go on. And so notice that by hearing the words, they learn to fear God. Deuteronomy 17, verse 18 through 20 says this, and, and let me set this up for you. The Lord is telling them the day is going to come where you're going to go into the land and you're going to want a king for yourself because other nations do. You're going to want somebody to govern over you. And so here's some things to remember when that day comes. He says, also it shall be when he sits on the throne of his kingdom, talking about when you do get a king, speaking to Israel, then he shall write for himself a copy of this law in a book from the one before the priest, the Levites. So he was to get his own personal copy. Okay, you with me? And it shall be with him. What shall be with him? This shall be with him. Y'all here? Can y'all hear me? Is there glass here? Do my mime impression. Nah, no, nah, you don't want that. It shall be with him, and he shall read it. Novel idea. He shall read it all the days of his life, that he may learn to fear the Lord his God and be careful to observe all the words of this law and these statutes, that or so that his heart may not be lifted up above his brethren, that he may not turn aside from the commandments to the right hand or to the left, and that he may prolong his days in his kingdom, he and his children in the midst of Israel. Now let me go ahead and say something, and I will make a major point of this a little bit later in the message. You cannot learn the fear of the Lord apart from the word of God. You cannot learn the fear of the Lord apart from the Word of God. And every time we find that they're learning 
the fear of the Lord, they're being taught the fear of the Lord, it, it's hand in hand with the Word of God being there. You need to understand that your Bible is actually to be read. Amen. This is not a part of your Sunday outfit. This is not just a seat saver. This is not just a cool place to keep pictures and dry out flowers. This is to be read. This is to be with you. And you're to read it. Not just read it, but let it speak to you. And we'll talk a little bit more about that in a moment. Now, this passage that I just read in Deuteronomy 17, it's to a king or it's to anybody who governs or leads or is over anything and charges something. You're a boss, you're a manager, you're head of something. You, if you've been entrusted with some kind of authority or leadership, you need to keep this with you. And you need to read this. Amen? And one of the benefits... Of that, if you'll, if you'll do that, it says that his heart may not be lifted up above his brethren. Worst thing in the world is when somebody's in charge of something and suddenly now they're elevated. Think they're better than other people. And that's where corruption and injustice and all kinds of things happen along those lines. And that's how people get messed up. I said that's how people get messed up. Uh, I just finished reading a book called How the Mighty Fall. It's a secular book. It's by Jim Collins. He wrote the book, maybe you're familiar with, Good to Great, and another one called Built to Last. And what he does, he studies companies and corporations and institutions and find out why are they great? Why are they strong? And in recent events, the last couple of years, then he's made it his business. He has a whole research team and they study. They're out of Colorado and they study these companies and businesses and interview and do all that. How the mighty fall? Why the mighty fall? And he gives about five reasons and five stages of how they fall. They, these incredible companies. And have we watched some companies that are no more? Right. You know, and you, you watch this. And we've watched great people that are no more. You know, you watch those things happen. The first thing he says, he uses this word hubris. Hubris. H-U-B-R-I-S. And it actually means uh, um, uh, exaggerated arrogance. It's just extreme arrogance. That you get to the place... I've been here and I'm this and so I'll always be this. And when you get there, that's a dangerous thing. And although it's a secular book, every one of the principles I can track back to Scripture. For example, take heed lest when you think you stand, you fall. And there's, there's something about the Word of God that as you stay in it, you realize how big God is, how small you are. And anything you have in your life, He's entrusted you with and you're going to handle with care. Amen. And so it's an important thing for anybody in leadership. Then in Deuteronomy 31, verse 12, it says, Gather the people together, men and women and little ones, and the stranger who is within your gates, that they may hear and that they may learn. There it is again. Learn to fear the Lord your God and carefully observe all the words of this law. And so anyone can learn it. Everyone should learn the fear of the Lord. It is our duty and it's what makes life work. And so the first thing we want to look at here today is we must learn... Everybody say it again. Learn. We must learn to fear God or the fear of the Lord. Respect. Now, in Proverbs chapter 2, it starts to tell us how to do this. In verse 1, it says, My son, if you, and I want you to notice the action words, the verbs, the energy, the efforts that, that is going into this. My son, if you receive my words 
and treasure my commands within you so that you incline your ear to wisdom and apply your heart to understanding. Yes, if you cry out for discernment and lift up your voice for understanding, if you seek her as silver and search for her as for hidden treasures, then, everybody say then, then you will understand the fear of the Lord and find the knowledge of God. I want you to know this involves action and it involves effort. And you need to realize that the Christian life is a balance. The Christian life is a balance of grace and effort. I'll say it again. The Christian life is a balance of grace and effort. There's some people think that it's all grace. I don't have to do nothing. Jesus loves me. I live as sloppy as I want. And then there's others on the other side. I got to work, 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 work. And they blow up. That's why it kept going like. And there's a balance. There's a balance. Where do you get the balance? From his book. Read the Bible and you'll see that that is the way that it works. There's a God part. There's an our part. We can be assured that God will do his part. But much of it, he said, yes, I'm going to do this, but I want you to do that. Because God's just not going to give it all away. He's wanting you to show some real commitment. He's wanting to show you that, yes, I do trust you. And he rewards that. And so it's very important that we understand the Christian life is a balance of grace and of effort. Notice it said in verse 5 again, and then, after this effort's been expended, after you've done these things, then you will understand the fear of the Lord. Now, understanding, everybody say understanding. Understanding is key to knowledge. Now, what we're wanting to arrive at is a place where we, we know the fear of the Lord. We're learning. We're being taught the fear of the Lord. And understanding is key to knowledge. Once you have knowledge, if you use knowledge properly, then that's called wisdom. So let me just kind of go through this real quick with understanding being the key. I'm just going to use some uh, shorthand, my kind of shorthand here. First of all, this I is information. Everybody say information. There's information, there's truth, there's things that you need to know. And then with that, there needs to be some kind of instruction or teaching. And so you take the information, and in order for us to learn it, there has to be some kind of instruction or teaching, which brings us to the third part, and this is the biggie here, to understanding. And this is where we want to get is we need to understand Because if the information, something breaks down between the information and the understanding, if we don't arrive at this place, then we're stuck. And it's still, the information still remains, but there's been a disconnect. Let me take you back to last century to my algebra class. (laughs) They had all the information. They had books of it. And they had teachers of it. And I had a disconnect with the teachers. Now, I'm sure part of it was me. And I know that part of it was them. But the hard thing was information, a breakdown in the teaching. I never got the understanding fully, which brings us to the next thing, which is knowledge. And when they give you a test, they're testing your your knowledge. And because I didn't have the understanding, I didn't have the knowledge. I I could even make up the little theorems and algorithms and this and this and this. But I couldn't plug it in right, no matter what the information was. I couldn't do that because I did not have understanding. Now, let's go back to learning the fear of the Lord. We get the information. We get taught. 
we come to a place of understanding, or as we read here in Proverbs 2, verse 5, then, when you put out that kind of effort and dig for this, then you will understand the fear of the Lord and you'll come to the knowledge of God. And whenever you get knowledge, if you use knowledge properly, that's called wisdom. And if you live a life of wisdom, you're going to be blessed. So you get the information. You got to learn. Understanding comes. Then you have knowledge. Use that knowledge properly. You've got wisdom. Walk and live in wisdom and you're going to have blessing in your life. Did you understand that? Now, Proverbs 4, 7 says, though, that wisdom's the principal thing. Well, watch this. Wisdom is the principal thing, therefore get wisdom. But watch carefully. And in all you're getting, can I paraphrase? While you're getting that wisdom, if you're in fact going to get that wisdom, get understanding. So you're going to have to get understanding. And understanding will come to you if you'll dig in like Proverbs 2, verse 1 through 5 talks about. Let me read it to you again in the Message Bible. Good friend, take to heart what I'm telling you. Collect my counsels. Guard them with your life. Tune your ears to the world of wisdom. Set your heart on a life of understanding. That's right. If you make insight your priority and won't take no for an answer, Searching for it like a prospector panning for gold. Like an adventurer on a treasure hunt. Believe me, before you know it, fear of God will be yours. You'll have come upon the knowledge of God. Now, in Psalm 34, Psalm 34, verse 8 through 10, we start to see some things about learning the fear of the Lord. If you're still with me, give me an amen or something. All right, good, that works. Psalm 34, verse 8, it says, Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. Blessed is the man who trusts in him. Oh, fear the Lord, you his saints. There is no want for those who fear him. The young lions lack and suffer hunger, but those who seek the Lord shall not lack any good thing. And I find that those who fear the Lord also seek the Lord. And you find the same kind of benefit for them that God is helping them and God is providing for them and God is, is ministering his, his grace and his blessing in their life. So... Then in verse 11, it goes on to say, Come, you, you children, listen to me, and I will teach you. See, we've got to learn it. I will teach you the fear of the Lord. Then verse 12 is kind of like the advertisement. It's kind of like the brochure. So we want to learn to fear the Lord. So now here's the brochure. Here's, here's the advertisement for it. It's now saying to you in verse 12, Who is the man... Can you see this written in a fancy script across the front of the brochure? Who's the man who desires life and loves many days that he may see good? So it's asking you, hey, if you want this. I like it in the New Living tra uh, Translation. It says, do any of you want to live a life, live a life that is long and good? Yes. So let me just ask you, anybody want to live a life that is long and good? Yes. How many would not want to live a life that is long and bad? That's right. Somebody, well, that's the story of my life glad you're here today but do any of you want to live a life that is long and good and now the instruction begins and we pick up in verse 13 he tells them about it he says come and listen and I'll teach it to you he reminds them of the benefit you want to live a life that's long and good you want to live a life that actually works it's not a life problem free it's not a life that's perfect but you want to work, uh, live a life that works 
Here's the instructions when we pick up in verse 13. He said, keep your tongue from evil and your lips from speaking deceit. Let me read it from today's English version. It says, then keep, keep from speaking evil and from telling lies. Now, what is evil? Evil is anything that's bad or hurtful. Bad, wrong, hurtful. You know when you say things that are bad, wrong, and hurtful. Most of the time we feel justified to say those things, at least in the moment. And this is where we gain teaching from the Word of God. No, 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 just because you think it does not obligate you to say it. And so often we say things and later we go, oh, wish I hadn't said that. Quick informal non-scientific survey. How many of you ever said something and later it's like, oh man, I wish I hadn't said that. <laughs> Most of you. And so it is, if we're learning the fear of the Lord, the first thing that's got to change is our words. Our words, what you say. Your words have incredible power. We find in um, Proverbs 18, verse 21, it says, death and life are in the power of the tongue, and those who love it will eat its fruit. In the, mes- in the Message Bible, it says, words kill, words give life. They're either poison or fruit. You choose. And so our words have incredible power and impact. And then we find just a huge statement and, and desire for respect here In Psalm 19, verse 14, the psalmist says, Let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart. Why is the meditation of the heart so important? Because Jesus said, Out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. So he's praying to God and he said, God, let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in your sight, O Lord, my strength and my redeemer. Talk about respect. Then we move on. And it's not just our words, but we go on to verse 14, and it says this. Let the words of my mouth, uh, I'm sorry, depart from evil and do good. Seek peace and pursue it. Depart from evil and do good. New Century says stop doing evil and do good. So this has to do now with our actions. The more that we're learning the fear of the Lord, it not only regulates our words, it regulates our actions what we do, and we're to stop evil, stop wrong, bad, hurtful, and we're to start good. It's reflected in our actions. Now, I'm not going to spend a lot of time on that because how many of you know when you did wrong? You're just the way you always were your whole life. I, he hit me first. Second part of verse 14 says this, and I'm going to go back to New King James. It says, seek peace and pursue it. Psalm 34, 14 in the New Century says, stop doing evil and do good. Look for the second part here. Look for peace and work for it. And then we find in the New Living Translation, turn away from evil and do good and work hard. Everybody say work hard. Work hard at living in peace with others. When we're learning the fear of the Lord, It now affects our words, it affects our actions, and now peace, everybody say peace. Peace becomes a priority in our life, peace. And I want you to notice what the scripture says here. It says that you're going to have to pursue peace, you're going to have to work for peace, 
And you're going to have to work hard at living in peace with others. How many of you know some people you have to work harder with than others? <laughs> now they're clapping. No, let's, let's just face it. There's chemistry with some folks. There's some people just the way they are. They're shaped a certain way. They know how to react in different ways. And it's just like some people you can get along with, no problem. And other people, problem. <laughs> and what do we do? You're going to have to work at it. It's got to be a priority for you. If you fear God, you don't excuse yourself and say, one more time. No, the Bible, the Word of God that would teach us the fear of the Lord will regulate us, regulate us in this. But it's got to be in your heart that peace is a priority. I will work for peace. I will work hard so that there's peace. In my, wherever I am, I want there to be peace. Don't just be peacekeepers, though. Okay, whatever. Hit me again. <laughs> Peacemakers. There is a time where you say, no, you won't speak to me that way. No, you won't do that. But we don't have to, let me tell you one thing. Because when you start acting that way, you're not going to look weird. You're going to do something weird, okay? <laughs> but you've got to work hard. But there, there is a place where you say, no, no, it's, it's just not going to be that way. It's not going to be that way. And you defend some things so that there's long-term peace. But there's a whole lot of things you can overlook. Amen. And when you're dedicated to peace as a priority, God will help you and enable you and, so that you can afford to overlook some things. Now, do things, you go... And you just hold your peace and you keep peace. I don't know if I can do this, Pastor. <laughs> Something we've got to learn. Something we've got to learn. Romans 12, 18 says this, if it is possible. What does that mean? I mean, sometimes it's impossible. If it is possible, as much as depends on how they're treating you today. No, as much as it depends on you, live peaceably with all men. In the New Living Translation, it says, do your part. To live in peace with everybody as much as possible. Now, the fear of the Lord, we have to learn it. It governs our words, our actions, and peace becomes a priority. Now, let me just shift gears a little bit, and I mentioned this earlier. You cannot learn the fear of God apart from the Word of God. Amen. You cannot learn the fear of God apart from the Word of God. Psalm 112 says this, praise the Lord. Blessed. Everybody say blessed. Anybody want to be blessed? And I'm talking about the fullness of blessing. I'm not talking about you got enough so you can buy the new whatever. That's hardly the measure of blessed. Did you hear me? That's hardly the measure of blessed. Blessed is a huge word. I need to just teach on what blessed really is. But it's the help and the hand and the provision and favor of God in your life. Even when you're not looking and thinking, to have blessing on your life. Yes, sir. It said, praise the Lord. Blessed is the man who fears the Lord and delights greatly in his commandments. You cannot learn the fear of the Lord apart from his word. 
Now, I want to read something to you, and I'm just going to break it down just a little bit. because We're coming to a close here, but this is super important. Psalm 19, one of my favorite passages describing the awesomeness of God's Word. In Psalm 19, verse 7, and it's, it's going to give a number of words, the laws, the decrees, the statutes, the commands, and it all has to do with God's Word. And, and look at me, listen to me. You can't learn the fear of God apart from the Word of God. And you've got to learn the fear of God. It's your duty. It's the key to what makes life work. If you want to be blessed, you've got to fear God. And you can't do that apart from His Word. In Psalm 19, if this doesn't get you, I don't know what will. The law of the Lord is perfect. Everybody say perfect. The law of the Lord is perfect, reviving the soul. Your Bible may say converting the soul. It's the same thing. Restoring the soul. Can I tell you something? Your soul needs to be revived. Your soul, your will, your intellect, your emotions, your subconscious needs to be restored. There's things that you've done, things that you've said, things you've exposed yourself to, things you've involved yourself with, listen to me, that damage your soul. There are things that other people have done and said or not said or exposed you to or whatever it would be that damage your soul. There's relationships that you have that damage your soul. There's activities that you're involved in or not involved in that ended up damaging your soul. In Psalm 23, one of the things that the Lord our shepherd does is he restores our soul. It's the same thing here. The law of the Lord is perfect for this. To revive the soul. He restores. It's the Hebrew word shub. And it means to bring back, to restore, to refresh, and to repair. And I would dare say that every one of us on one level or another, you need your soul revived. You need your soul restored. Listen to me, because there's things that are gnawing and things that are eating, then there's darkness, and there's pain, and there's aching, and there's groaning in your soul, and there's emptiness on the inside. And can I tell you what most people do? They medicate it somehow with chocolate or food or alcohol or friends or drugs or relationships or turn the music up or sleep more or work more or whatever it would be, and they're trying to cover that when it needs to be addressed. And the thing that addresses it is the law of the Lord is perfect for this it's perfect for it so this is not just a seat saver this is not a part of your sunday outfit how's it look honey better up here or here wait this is the life-giving soul restoring word of god and you can't ignore it anymore And you can't even watch TV anymore without something shooting to hurt and damage your soul. I've seen more things on TV by accident than on purpose. I mean, we're just affronted. And there's negativity and there's perversion and all kinds of things just, just, whoa, whoa, whoa. Sometimes I just want to dive with a blanket and cover my children. And just all around us, Things and people in their own condition. Hurt people hurt people. And people are hurting on the inside. And I'm going to tell you what the answer is for you. The law 
of the Lord is perfect to revive your soul. Let me keep on going. The decrees of the Lord are trustworthy, making wise the simple. The commandments of the Lord are right, bringing joy to the heart. The commands of the Lord are clear, giving insight to life. Reverence for the Lord is pure, lasting forever. The laws of the Lord are true. Each one is fair. They are more desirable than gold, even the finest gold. They are sweeter than honey, even honey dripping from the comb. They are a warning to those who hear them. There is great reward for those who obey them. 2 Timothy 3, verse 16 in the New Living says, All Scripture, everybody say all Scripture. Listen to me, you've got to get into the Word of God. You're going to have to read it and don't give me these lame, tired, decade-old excuses. I just can't understand Bible language. Newsflash. There's new translations in your language that are scholarly and they're easy to read and they're study aids. And God sets up places called churches And takes goofy guys who can hardly get through math. And says, here's an idea for me and I want you to go take it to them. See, if I came in here with some fancy pipe and sweater, you wouldn't believe me. Shouldn't have that pipe anyway. Are you, are you hearing what I'm saying? All Scripture... Listen, the promises, the Psalms, the Proverbs, the instructions of the Word, all Scripture is inspired by God. It's not just another book. It's not just the book of the month. It's the book of your life. It's not, yeah, I read that one time. That's not the way you handle this. I desire this more than my necessary bread. This is our daily bread. This is our meat. This is our milk. This is water. This is a surgeon's scalpel. This is a hammer. This is a fire. This is whatever you need it to be to work and to change you and to heal you and to fix you and to warn you. All Scripture is inspired by God and is useful to teach us what is true and to make us realize what is wrong in our lives. I've told you over and over the best thing that can ever happen to you is to find out what's wrong with you. It straightens us out and it teaches us to do what is right. And then in the Message Bible, finally, it says, every part of Scripture is God-breathed and useful one way or another, showing us truth, exposing our rebellion, correcting our mistakes, and training us to live God's way. You choose the fear of the Lord. You learn the fear of the Lord. It's going to impact what you say. It's going to impact what you do. Peace will become a priority that you're willing to work hard for in your life. It's the key. It's the key to life working. It's the duty for every man. But you cannot do it apart from the Word of God. So lay aside your excuses. I don't like to read. Do you like to live? Do you like to be blessed? Do you like to have help that you can't explain or understand? Do you want to have some holy information in your life? And get rid of the tired excuses that you've been lying to yourself about. Well, I'm just not a reader. I'm a prayer. I'll let my wife do all that stuff. 
She fills me in on what I need to know. No, 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 no. I'm talking about you, that you need to get into the Word. You can get a hold of the Message Bible. The Message Bible was written by a scholar, a language scholar who was a pastor who was concerned because the people weren't reading the Bible. He said, I've got to make a Bible that people will just read. Eugene Peterson and, and PhDs and all that, but a pastor's heart. And he said, I just want you to read the Bible. You're going to have to get in the Bible. The New Living Translation, the Amplified Bible. There's translations for you. There's Bible programs. There's study guides. There's churches and pastors and teachers to help you so that you can get the Word of God, so that you can learn to fear God, and so that your life can be blessed and work out. Did you get anything at all out of this today? Thank you, Lord.